Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is Script Brother Steve. You reached my podcast, Barbecue Two Movies. Today is July thirtieth, twenty twenty-one, and right now it is one sixteen a.m. in the morning. By the way, if you're wondering what day it is, it is currently Friday, and I can't wait. It's Friday morning. Friday, one sixteen a.m. in the morning. Friday. <laughs> And I can't wait till later on this evening when I can have some dinner because I'm gonna eat some pizza at this really good pizza shop down at the North Shore in Oahu. I swear they make the most delicious pizza I'd ever eat. Well, maybe the second most delicious pizza. Number one belongs to my friend Mark, who is probably one of the best pizza chefs I know. All right, so I'm gonna turn this down here because. I know you folks want to start learning about, I guess, what the title of my podcast is, which is how not to get conned, right? And uh, now, why do I have authority to speak on this? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> part of it comes from experience, all right? And some of it comes from knowledge. And I hate to say this, that I have knowledge, you know, I know a lot about personality types. I keep telling that. I'm like a broken record. I see, I keep telling you, yeah, I can decipher people and read people really, really well. But I always put, I always put the brakes on this. I can't read cons very well. Like C-O-N-S, a con artist, because con artists are just the great pretenders of our, I guess, of the of all personality types. They're just the great pretenders, and they're so good at faking it. Um, they're, they should win, you know, the best actor or actress award out there because they can lie. They can lie so convincingly. They can lie with a straight face. They can beat the polygraph test, and they have no problem lying to achieve their goals. So if their goals mean getting a million dollars, you know, anyway, which way, you could be their best friend and they'll take it from you. You could be their best friend for 10 years and they'll take it from you. They'll, they will do, it, do this with a straight face and they will think they've done nothing wrong. Um, isn't that sick, right? That's really, really sick. You know, lately I've been watching this show. It's called, I think it's called Generation Hustle. It's on HBO Max. And so if you don't have HBO Max, by the way, it's the best streaming app out there. I'm thinking about actually canceling Netflix. I've already canceled Disney Plus because they're so damn woke. Uh, with that went Hulu and ESPN. Um, but then after that, uh, I'm thinking about canceling Netflix because not because that they're woke. I can't find any good programs on there. I think I already found them all. But HBO Max, they have a lot of good programs on top of there. And it doesn't matter what studio they're from. It just matter uh, what they have their own stuff they produce. But a lot of things, a lot of good things, first of all, uh, Warner Brother puts out a lot of great things, right? But on top of that, they'll license out a lot of good, you know, stuff. So you'll get Disney stuff on there sometimes. You'll get like uh, Paramount stuff on there and you'll get Warner Brothers. You'll get Sony stuff on there um, because again, they're HBO, right? So they're just, you know, whatever, whatever fits their mood. And I guess whatever f they feel uh, can bring in more subscribers. So you, HBO Max has this show called Generation Hustle on there. And I think this is um, a documentary series that they created. And it follows or tells a story. It's episodic series. Um, they, they tell stories of just con artists. 
Um, and they, they're all the same personality type. And uh, boy, uh, I hate to say this, I have um, you know several family members, unfortunately, on my father's side who were con artists. Um, and then on, on my, my mom's side, there's no con artists. <laughs> oh boy. But you know, my, 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 uh, uncles who were the, who were the con artists, my uncle who, who was the con artist, he's, he actually passed away. So it's okay to talk behind his back because he's actually six feet under, right? And plus we don't really care, but we never cared about him anyway. We'll just put that on the table. So, uh, with that being said, with all that being said, and that and that being put out into the air, and I know it's a little personal information out there, but I don't really care. Um, I'm going to tell you a little about my life, right? My personal experience about being conned. Now, when I was um, very very young, I started you know I started to become an entrepreneur maybe around I think 19, 20 years old or something like that, and uh, you know I started a production company. Uh, and I called it Canoe Girl Productions. And we did everything from photography, videography, web design, uh, concert promotion, uh, writing copy. And a lot of these talents uh, came from me. But I did recruit a lot of people. And I also taught a lot of people. So at one time, we had about six or seven, I think at one time, eight at, at our height, maybe about eight people working for us. And... Um, we did a lot of great things. Uh, and out of Canoe Girl Productions, we also uh, had another company but um, underneath it, a subsidiary called Dream Wedding Hawaii. So again, we would, you know, we would shoot commercials. We would shoot TV shows. We actually produced two TV shows. We had um, uh, a contract uh, from Waikiki, uh, actually from the Hotel Association, uh, uh, which, which created um, a lot of the in-room hotel, uh, I guess, shows. Uh, for all of the hotels in Waikiki, we actually held that contract. So all of those stupid, cheesy, you know, hotel room commercials that you see in Hawaii, our company was actually uh, responsible for that. Um, on top of that, we had two TV shows over in Japan that we that were being aired. Uh, I think one of them was called Bridal Boutique. The other one was called Aloha Tengoku. And uh, Aloha Tengoku, we had actually taken over uh, from another company, but we were getting paid pretty good money to shoot both of them and to produce both of them and to edit both of them. Uh, Bridal Boutique was actually our idea, and we had, I think we shot maybe about one season of that. And uh, yeah, that was shown on Sky Perfect TV, which was a satellite, um, I think, the Japan's version of DirecTV. So it was their own travel channel, and uh, HD was just coming out back then, so uh, it was really neat. And um, again, you know, so I did produce one at one time television shows. I had two of them under my belt, and um, I had I went into business uh, with a friend of mine from high school. Now we're pulling in pretty good money, right? On paper, we look like this up and rising company. We were doing weddings, or you know, again promoting concerts and TV shows, making commercials left and right. And you would think, you know, we we would just be swimming in money. Uh, now. Our employees, they got paid, you know, but myself, because I was one of the investors or one of the primary owners, I was always the last to get paid. And uh, same with my, with my business partner. We both agreed that we would get paid last. And unfortunately, you know, the bills, for some reason, according to him, who was a CFO, uh, <laughs> we were always broke. Always broke one way or another. Now, I could admit I made some bad mistakes I was, as a young um, CEO. I would uh, confess to that. Uh, maybe I promoted a few concerts that should have been sold out. And, you know, concert promotion is very expensive. You spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Um, but then again, I just didn't understand 
how ticket sales, even though they were bad, they weren't that bad. You know, they they really weren't that bad. And even though we had uh, we were designing websites and everything like that, we we're still getting paid five to ten grand per website. So why were we broke? I just couldn't understand that. But I never bothered to check on our books because I just wanted to focus on the creative side. Big mistake, young entrepreneur, young CEO, right? So what happened was that one day I um I wrote a check for I think it was three dollars and twenty five cents or it was some absurd low amount. And lo and behold, back in the what I get back in the mail were one of those carbon copy things, what happens when you get when you bounce a check, right? And I said I bounced this check for three dollars and twenty-five cents or whatever it was. And I said, What in the world? What? <laughs> what? This really doesn't make sense. I know we're not that broke, right? So I head down to our bank and I said, This must be a mistake. And um, the teller who knows me over there says, No, Steve, um, it's not. Uh, you haven't deposited any money into this account for about two years. I said, what? Two years? And in fact, the last time you had a deposit, it was only about a few hundred dollars. In fact, there's, there hasn't been much money going into this account, maybe a few hundred dollars here and there. I'm like, wait, 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 what? This doesn't make any sense. So later on, I go back to my, my office, look into the CFO's laptop, and find out that we have another bank account that's actually open for Canoe Girl Productions. And he's been depositing all of the money into there and also taking out lines of credit, credit cards, and also paying himself a lot of money off of this, right? Lots and lots and lots of money. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, and uh, we weren't broke. We are doing everything right. And uh, but I was getting broke. And then I looked at the, that account. It was almost completely empty because he was, he was making plans to exit the company because he was telling me that, well, you know, we've been broke for so long that, uh, you know, it's time for him to move on. I, I, and I could kind of understand that because, again, we went for about, you know, three to four years without making any money, right? So I said, okay, maybe this is the end of Canoe Girl Productions, right? And um, so, so this is, uh, you know, so, so this is, was, was really weird. But then I confronted him about it. And I said, you know, where's all the money going? And he didn't even, he couldn't answer me. He couldn't look at me in the eye. And that was the last time I ever saw him again. Um, and that was maybe about 20 plus years ago. So what happened was that uh, he was, again, taking money uh, for maybe three, four years. Just what I could see. Uh, I, I started to find out he was taking meeting with couples, booking weddings, uh, and taking 100% of their down payment and not even telling us that he had booked a wedding for, you know, this certain date. I ended up doing these weddings, you know, basically pro bono because, you know, he took all the money. He took absolutely, absolutely all the money. And, uh, um, we had Dream Wedding Soy under there, but it was under Canoe Girl Productions. So things got really bad where I, I actually had to break off Dream Wedding Soy from Canoe Girl Productions and I had to close down Canoe Girl Productions and I filed for personal bankruptcy because he had opened up all these personal credit cards in my name, lines of credit in my name and all these different things. And I had close to about $500,000 worth of debt, which is crazy. Uh, I, you know, f you know, half a million dollars worth of debt or something like that. You would think you would be able to see it, right? But I didn't see any of it because he was the one who was taking all the money. And, um, and, uh, yeah, that's what happened. So the person who ripped me off was a close friend of mine, uh, from high school. You know, this is a person who was not very popular in high school and we're very close, but again, you know, I mean, I befriended him and then I would never expect that he would do this to me. 
Never expected. And that was the worst part about it. It wasn't about, you know, losing money and going broke. It was more about a family, not a family member, but a, but a, a, you know, you know, almost like a brother, you know, like, because I'm the only child. And uh, it was actually like a brother stealing from you. And I kind of knew what my, I guess my dad kind of felt like, because again, um, his own brother had stole from him. So these are like, this is just horrible, right? This is just horrible. So I, again, um, now luckily I had a friend who was a bankruptcy attorney and, uh, she, uh, you know, said, Steve, I can wipe all of this debt out, debt, like with like a magic wand and just clear your debt completely. And I filed for one of the bankruptcy. I forgot, I forgot which chapter it is, but it wiped all of my debt out and I was able to restart my life, uh, without any debt. Thank God, which, because, because you know, I was not responsible for that. Uh, and then on top of that, I was able to, um, uh, keep Dream Wedding Hawaii. I got Dream Wedding Hawaii back. Um, and then that's where I have now. So Dream Wedding Hawaii, I still have that. That's my bread and butter. You always hear about me advertising, uh, I guess, Dream Wedding Hawaii on my podcast. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, that's my story. Now, I don't want any of you out there to get conned like that. Uh, what were there signs that I was getting conned and getting scammed? Tons of them, tons of them, just tons of them. But I lied to myself. I everyone else saw it, but I lied to myself. I told myself he wouldn't do this to me because he was a good friend of mine, right? And he wouldn't do it. Um, I saw the writing on the wall. Again, like I told you, you know, from screenwriting, I know how to read personality types, but I didn't want to believe what he was. And I, and I, you know, I basically lied to myself. And uh, for that, it cost me a lot of money. It cost me a friendship and it cost me, uh, well, he wasn't really a friend anyway. And, um, but it, but it cost me almost like, you know, I think Canoe Girl Productions could have been something special, right? It really could have been something special. Now, this podcast is, of course, how to avoid being conned, right? And uh, have I been conned ever since then? No, I haven't. I've come close to it. And, you know, through the sheer, I guess, ingenuity of myself, I would say, and ingenuity of my parents who always watch out for me, um, and through the grace of God, I've never gotten conned again. Uh, Now, I have been able to recognize cons left and right, uh, and there's so many out there. I hate to tell this to you, but there are so many cons, so many. And uh, I want to talk about some of them after I get back from the break, but most of all, I want to focus on trying to help you avoid getting conned like how I did. All right, so I'm going to cut, cut to that commercial break right now, and um, when I get back, I'm hoping you join me on the other side of the commercial break, uh, because I think this podcast is really, really important. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So... If you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Okay, everyone, I hope you're back from that commercial break. 
it wasn't too long, right? All you have to do is listen to me, plug my company, plug Anchor. You know, I have to make my five cents from Anchor, right? Or is it something like that? I'm not sure even how much I get paid. I think it's a couple pennies. Uh, I make more money from all of you great people out there who book my services through Dream Weddings Hawaii. And thank you. Thank you again so much for booking my services. Um, it helps me pay the bills, keep on the lights, you know, put food on my table. All those great things gives me money to invest into my new barbecue grill. Oh, I'm sorry, barbecue smoker, offset smoker, which I plan to buy uh, soon, by, before the end of the year. You know, here, you know, before I get started on this, um, I guess, topic about how not to get conned, um, a lot of people have been asking me about um, the, name of, the name of my podcast called Barbecue to Movies. Well, you know, I started off by saying that, you know, I, I just wanted to talk about anything on my podcast, and I needed a really cool name. And I thought, you know, one thing which I'm going into is barbecue. And I love to talk about barbecue. I love to talk about movies, but I love to talk about anything. And uh, one thing about when you have a barbecue and you invite a lot of friends over, uh, you talk about anything. Anything is, anything's on the table. So that's really what I wanted to do, to say, hey, you know, this is a, pretend we're having a barbecue and we're out here just having a conversation. I'm talking about anything that's on my mind. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not eating any food there, but you know, and, and you're not here at my place and we're not having a barbecue, but that's kind of what I envisioned, you know, like we're just out here, I'm just talking with, to you as though I'm having a barbecue with you. You're sitting at my table and we're just, you know, shooting, shooting, shooting the, shooting the S, you know, the, I'm not going to swear on my podcast. I'm not one to swear very often too, by the way. But um, anyway, uh, going back to this topic of how not to get conned and learning about cons, uh, luckily, you know, these, the con artists, they all tend to be of one specific personality type out there. And, uh, if we were to take them and put the con artists on the Enneagram, it would be the con artists would most likely come from the type three achiever. So what is the type three achiever? Well, when the type, the type three achiever is pretty quite awesome. So when you think achiever, type three achiever, you think, Tony Stark. Why don't we just say that? Because we all know who Tony Stark is, right? A person who works hard, cares a lot about their image. You know, Tony Stark's beard and his hair was always perfect. Um, he always wanted Iron Man. It had to be red and gold because it, can't, it couldn't just be a functional camouflage, right? Red and gold because he wanted to stand out in a crowd, right? He wanted to stand out and make, a, you know, he wanted people to notice things, right? And of course, he was all about he was very charismatic. He loved talking in front of people and people loved listening to him. Now, that's when the type three achiever is very, very healthy. Now, when they're unhealthy, they become workaholics, right? And that's the bad thing about a type three achiever is that sometimes they'll work too hard and they'll basically miss the big picture. You know, they're like the typical businessman who spends too much time trying to get that promotion and neglecting their family. Now, that's just one version of a type 3 achiever going bad, right? And that's a good bad, right? What is a really bad, bad version of type 3 achiever? The con artist. And this is really scary. So the con artist will work really hard. They will achieve what they, what they put their mind to. But a lot of their goals, in fact, many times 
everything, their image to their goals that they achieve, to even their, I guess, uh, the, the techniques, techniques and how they achieve that goals are all fake. Everything, the story, everything is all fake. And that's the scary thing about it. Now, a healthy type three achiever, they can tell you a good story and you'll be on the edge of your seat listening to them. A type three achiever con artist will sound the same way. You'll be captivated by the story on the edge of your seat. You'll laugh with them. You become good friends with them and you won't even know that you're getting conned. Isn't that scary? To me, I think that's really, really scary. Now, I want to tell you a story, a real quick story, and you're going to see how this kind of ties in all together. So I think it was maybe 15 years ago that a friend of mine, um, he was trying to develop an app. And he's, he's a really intelligent guy. And uh, he, grouped, he grouped up with another intelligent investor and, and, a, and a business person. And then, he had gotten, and then he was just part of many other startups here in Hawaii. And they're part of, I guess, what did they call those? Those co-op startup, you know, equal working business place. I forgot what they call that. But then they're all working in this one area, all these startups, right? And um, they all had dollar signs in their, in, in, their, in their eyes, in their minds too, because they all, at this point in, I guess, in time, this is where everyone in the world wanted to develop the next greatest of all time app, right? And make billions of dollars, if not millions of dollars or trillions of dollars of money or just like, you know, for people just buying like, you know, the latest video game or this latest app or, you know, that would help you do things or blah, blah, blah. And this is what like, um, this is what he was selling, right? And there are so many apps out there. So this startup group, it was pretty cool because they got to meet a lot of entrepreneurs who had done what they, were, they had aspired to be. Now, and a lot of times when they would meet these entrepreneurs who would fly down from Silicon Valley to Hawaii, uh, they would end up taking them out to dinner, right? Because why not, right? They're in Hawaii. You know, go out to dinner with maybe people you somewhat know, right? And, you know, people who you can impress. Now, I had met my friend. My friend invited me out to one of their get-togethers. And uh, immediately when I was introduced to this one person over there, uh, she was a blonde and uh, what she, the first thing out of her mouth was that when I said hi, I'm Steve, and she said hi, I'm a bil-, she said hi, I'm a billionaire. Like what? <laughs> the first thing out of her mouth was hi, I'm a billionaire. Now immediately I said, whoa, okay, this is kind of weird, right? I mean, I didn't say that you know <laughs> out loud. I thought that in my mind. I said, who the hell? announces their net worth, especially if they're a billionaire or, or anything, right, uh, out in the open, right? Because usually you, you, you kind of play that close to your chest. Nobody really talks about their financial worth out in the open. I mean, do you? I don't, right? And uh, most people who I know who are very, very rich seldom talk about money in that sense. They'll never say, hey, hello, I'm so-and-so, I'm a billionaire. She didn't even introduce her name. She said, hi, I'm a billionaire. Now, okay, fine, right? And then she launched into this whole spiel about how she was a billionaire and why she was a billionaire. And um, she had told me immediately, without me even, you know, getting to even interject one little word, she started saying to me about how she had created this uh, technology where you could just prick your finger and have a little droplet of blood. And, um, and, uh, this, with this little droplet of blood, they could, uh, I guess, you know, determine whether or not you had high cholesterol, 
uh, diabetes and all, all of these different ailments or whatever you, whatever they were, you could, you could do your vitamin levels and all these things. I said, wow, that's great. You don't have to take the vial because I hate taking that vial, right? Uh, I mean, I hate needles. I really do, especially the, that big horse needle that they want to take all your blood from, right? That's my lifeblood. So, so I said, that's great. That's great. And, and then, um, she didn't want, want to learn anything about me. I said, okay, fine. That's maybe she's an eccentric billionaire. And, um, and then she went over to, you know, again, you know, she turned around and started talking with everyone else. And I saw, but there's a couple of things that kind of like, you know, you know, it not, it, I wouldn't say raised red flags about me, but had me question, uh, I guess her. And one thing was her choice of clothing. Now here we are in Hawaii. And she's not wearing an Aloha shirt. She's not wearing, you know, just a T-shirt. We're all just hanging out at this bar. And it's not very cold. But she's wearing a turtleneck sweater, a black turtleneck uh, neck sweater. Why? If this is Hawaii. It's, you know, 82 degrees outside. It's um in, in this uh, air-conditioned place. It's not, that, it's not that cold either. You must be dying in there. Why are you wearing a billionaire wearing a turtleneck sweater when you don't have to? It, it didn't make any sense to me, right? So, and then on top of it was her voice. Her voice was really strangely low. And it sounded as though she was a transsexual female. And, and when I say that, you, you know, these transsexual females, they're originally men, right? But when they take this, uh, these hormones, their voice turns into this very strange baritone, uh, kind of weird, you know, very, their voice sounds very weird. It doesn't sound normal anymore, right? It's like when you hear Caitlyn Jenner talk now, and when she was Bruce Jenner, she sounded a lot more normal, right? So it, that's how her voice sounded. Not like Caitlyn Jenner's, like lower. And it sounded as though she was trying to make her voice low. Or uh, I was kind of thinking, is she a billion, billionaire? And was she a, was she a tranny? I mean, that, that was that was kind of really what's on my mind. I said, is she, is she a transsexual? I mean, I never met a tranny in my life before. And um, maybe she was my first, right? So um, I go back home after that, after like meeting with those entrepreneurs. And I kind of like, I didn't meet with them for very long because they were kind of all kind of weird. You know, you know entrepreneurs in the techie world, they're kind of, they speak their own language, right? And when they start going off on technical stuff, it's time to, for me to check out because I'm not one of those people. And uh, their sense of humor, for me at least, I, I hate to say there's a, there's a prejudice of, you know, of me against them, but I don't get their sense of humor. I really don't. I, I think it's too nerdy. I, I, don't, I don't associate myself with those people. So I start Googling this girl on, I guess, on the internet when I get back home and lo and behold, she's on Forbes, and they're saying how great she is. She is worth $10 billion. She wasn't lying. And, you know, her, her story's checking out. But I'm just saying, you know, it just doesn't seem right. I, it, I mean, this, this lady doesn't seem right. It was just it, it, the story didn't seem right, you know. And, th and then I started to research a little bit more into her, into her technology and people were at this point kind of raising their hands and doubting her technology, whether or not it was real because a lot of hospitals, in fact, all of them, um, they were still, you know, I guess drawing blood and vials to determine whether or not, you know, people were, you know, I guess had high cholesterol, had low nutrients or were diabetic, um, you know, or, or checking iron levels. They couldn't do it with a prick of a finger. And uh, they said, at, 
at one point they hoped to do it, but they had actually said if the if her technology actually worked, they would rush to buy her equipment, and unfortunately, they weren't. So that told me that kind of raised a lot of red flags with with, with me too. So this woman, um, her name is Elizabeth Holmes, and I think eight months after I had met her, well, or maybe a year after, it comes out that she was a complete fraud, hundred percent fraud. Uh, till this day, uh, I don't think she's in jail, but um, she knows she's a fraud. She's worth absolutely zero dollars. I'm not sure exactly how she got the valuation of $9 billion or where all that money went. But she is a complete fraud. Um, and uh, my friends and all, they were all duped. A lot of people were duped. I was probably one of the only few people who were not duped. I mean, even Forbes, the authors did, they were duped. And a lot of politicians were duped. Now, unfortunately, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, cons are everywhere we see. You know, if you just t- tune on to YouTube, you know, to watch your favorite cat video, you're going to run into a con. That advertisement, I mean, I think I turned into a, I, I tuned in onto YouTube to watch something, a music video, and then all of a sudden, someone is trying to tell me how to get rich and how he got rich, you know, how, how he was just a bartender and, and how he got rich, you know, doing this, uh, doing this program. And if you just buy his program, then, you know, I guess you can make him rich too, <laughs> in a way, right? <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking. So, so, uh, but again, there's so many cons left and right. Now, how do you figure out a con from a not, from a, from a true person? Because both of them are very charismatic. Like how this woman, Elizabeth Holmes, the first thing out of her mind, out of her mouth, was about her wealth and about and, and and she was also trying to validate her wealth I guess her why she was wealthy with me before I even could, I could even get a word in right and um, again that's just part of the type three achiever personality type right so again at that point you know she could still be real how did I determine that she was fake well here's the thing it all comes down to research Research, research, research. That's really the key. You have to look past the image, look past their, their, their charisma, because you'll get fooled by it, right? Um, if someone's very charismatic and very much image-oriented, I would just be a little bit more precautious. If everything seems a little bit too perfect, I would be a little bit more precautious, right? A little, a little bit more cautious, not precautious. No, is there such a word about precautious? I don't know. It's getting late right now. My mind is turning into Joe Biden. <laughs> okay. But the main thing is that their story, you have to look, you have to try to poke holes in their story. So there are cons, again, like I said, everywhere. I'm going to give you another example. So just recently on Facebook, someone had commented about vaccines. And they had told me that, well, uh, vaccines include graphene oxide in them and graphene oxide is very lethal to uh, i guess um humans uh, especially in the wrong dosage and that graphene oxide is in all of the vaccines and that's why everyone who's going to be taking the vaccines are going to drop dead now who said that who said there who said that there's graphene oxide in all of these mrna and, and even astrazeneca and johnson and johnson vaccines etc etc who said that 
Well, the person is Karen Kingston who said that, right? Now, originally, this whole graphene oxide thing was a, it got started off a meme. Now, all of a sudden, this woman, Karen Kingstein, who is a president and founder of this company called Veritage, she advertises herself as a Pfizer insider, all right? And so she knows, she's a Pfizer whistleblower, she knows that graphene oxide is actually in these Pfizer vaccines, right? And even in the Moderna ones and AstraZeneca and other things. But she really knows for a fact that it's a it's in Pfizer because she used to work for Pfizer. So she has she's giving you the inside scoop. So um, th that information starts getting passed around. Now, of course, me, I'm saying, okay, before I jump on the bandwagon of vaccine paranoia, why don't I just take a look at her LinkedIn? When did she work for Pfizer? Oh, she worked for Pfizer in 1996 for two years to 1998, and all she was was an assistant to a drug rep in 1996 for two years, an assistant to a drug rep, basically a go-for. She was nothing at that point, all right, because she had just gotten her Bachelor of Business in Administration. <laughs> That's it. From... Pace University. And right after that, she got, in, she got into Pfizer. And after that, she never worked for Pfizer again. So how would a person from 1996 know about what's in the mRNA vaccines? Because she was not involved with the creation of them at all, and she's not involved with Pfizer at all right now, and she's passing herself off as a Pfizer insider, and she's going on TV and all of these um, conservative websites and everything like that on, on conservative YouTube channels, again, passing off uh, crap, <laughs> right? And what, what is the end game to her? Oh, she has a book, by the way, she wanted to sell you. <laughs> a con. She's a con, right? Complete con. She wants people to buy her book. Or she wants you to book her on a on a on a booking uh, on a speaking tour, right? That's that's how they also make their money too. And they also have a very extra. A lot of them, they'll you have to pay them five to six grand and their tour rider to actually you know get them to speak at your event. There's another person again, again. Th these are people who are on the right hand side, the conservatives, again, who are just feeding feeding vaccine paranoia. And this one woman. Dr. Jane Ruby out there, she was saying that, well, these mRNA vaccines are very lethal. And she knows about this. They're not even real vaccines. In fact, these mRNA vaccines change your DNA. And she knows this because she is a doctor, she says, right? And everyone out there is saying, wow, you know, you have to listen to Dr. Jane Ruby because she is a doctor who is blowing the whistle. So what do I find out about her? Well, she is a doctor but not a medical doctor. She got she graduated with her her uh, doctoral program doctoral program in legislative studies. <laughs> not a medical doctor. She has a doctoral program in legislative studies. So, but she's advertising herself out there as a medical doctor. By the way, you can buy her book as well. Right? Or you can book her for a, 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 on, a, on a speaking tour. Another con. They're all over, people. They're all around the place. Now, again, 
We have Dr. Fauci, who is conning us right now with uh, COVID. We have actually the Bidens, who are, we have the Bidens and also the CDC, who are trying to con us as well. I always talk about that on my podcast. It's all over the place. And unfortunately, like I told you, we're surrounded by con artists everywhere. It doesn't matter what the political party is. I gave you an example of Republican con artists, conservative con artists. And by the way, I'm a conservative. I'm a hardcore conservative, right? I'm a Trump supporter. I voted for Trump. I love Trump. I like all the policies he talks about. But again, there are con artists on the right, and there's also con artists on the left that want to drive the people in those parties completely nuts. They want to take advantage of those. And like Black Lives Matter, con artists, they don't care about black lives. They're a Marxist group. They're a political action group, right? They don't care at all about black kids getting killed in, in cities, in inner cities. They don't care about, you know, black, I guess, fatherless black kids who want to get out of gangs. They don't care about, like, black kids joining gangs. They don't care about the drug problem in black neighborhoods and all those things, right? They just don't care. They're saying black lives matter. They only care when a white cop kills a black person so they can actually advance their their Marxist agenda, which is to defund the cops, which is to raise more money for themselves. And again, what are they doing with all that money? They're buying homes. It's a big con job, right? On the right side, you have a lot of people who are saying, hey, they're all Republicans. They're all doing all of these types of things. They're trying to raise money. They're all for Trump. Raise money. Give money to my campaign. And guess what do they do? You give money to their campaign. You elect them to the office. And what do they try to do? They, they elect to impeach Trump. Right? They're cons. How do you find out who's a con and who's not a con? Just take a look at their story. Do your research on the story. Try to find the plot holes. Try to find the lies. Try to find the inconsistencies. Again, like this woman who claims to be a doctor, but she's not a medical doctor. Like this other woman who claims to have worked for Pfizer. And no, she only worked for Pfizer in 1996 for two years. So how, again, how can she know about what goes into the mRNA vaccines at the current date, right? Simple as that. Anyway, people. That's all for my podcast today. I know it's really simple, right? How do I how do I identify a con artist, right? All I have to say, well, I'm going to leave you with one thing here. Don't get fooled by the by the charisma of the con artist. They are charismatic. Don't get fooled by the charisma of the con artist, because if you do, if if you buy into their lie, then it's too late. Right, then it's really, really too late. And I tell you what, these people who sell things, if you just go on their good word, go on their, their, uh, uh, go on good, their, their good faith, you're going to get screwed because they're not faithful at all. They want you to be faithful to them, but they're not faithful to you. All right? One story before I go. One more story. I know I, know I said I was going to go, but one more story. So I have, I have a friend, really, really close friend, and um, she got involved in this multi-level marketing thing. And what they were selling at this multi-level marketing thing was, uh, was a human growth hormone cream. 
HGH cream. Now, I know a lot about HGH, not because I take it, right? But because I love to study drugs <laughs> for some reason. I love to study, uh, what do they call it? Performance-enhancing drugs. I do. Uh, because uh, I just want to learn more about them, how they actually uh, help someone to become a better athlete. And uh, I, do know, I do know that there's a lot of professional athletes out there that do use them. Uh, I think you do have to use them in order to become a professional athlete. And I think the majority of them use, right? Olympians and um, professional athletes. I think both of them used, right? Uh, I'm, not a, and I'm not against them. But here's the thing with human growth hormone. Um, first of all, number one, it's very, very fragile. Uh, it has to be stored kind of like the Pfizer vaccines at a certain temperature. And once you take it, once you, once you defrost it or mix it or, or something like that, you have to kind of inject it right away before it dies. You can't rub HGH through your skin. It just will not, will not get absorbed. So you can't put it into a cream format and it can't be administered through the skin. That's basically it. You can, you can administer steroids. You can't administer human growth hormone. So the whole thing was a con. Exactly, I mean, the whole thing was a con. But again, I tried telling my friend that. Of course, they won't listen. When people are bought, when they actually, when she, you know, she, she bought it hook, line, and sinker. And when people are involved with these multi-level marketing scams, well, <laughs> you can't really do much about it, right? Eventually, the FDA did close down that, that um, HGH cream, um, because again, it was a complete scam, and people, a lot of people started and ended up getting some problems with it because what they were doing to create uh, results, I think they were putting steroids into that cream. So people were selling actual steroid cream. <laughs> so, but again, these things happen. These things happen left and right. All right, people, I am out of here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And don't get conned. Look for the plot holes. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T-O Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ 2 Movies. Catch you around.